Hello and welcome back to Your Light is Fearless. My name is Amber and today I have a special podcast, special interview. I have my bestie here, Danielle Serank, the Squamish Medium. She is going to be interviewing me for my birthday episode. So this is kind of a new thing for me. I usually do not celebrate my birthday or make it a big deal. But for me, this year is all about joy and happiness. I'm claiming that for myself in my life. And I wanted to just do something fun and different. And yes, in honor of my birthday, which is a little uncomfortable for me to put the spotlight on myself. But what we're going to do here is I'm going to hand it over to Danielle to interview me. And we're just going to like see where this goes, have a, have a fun conversation. And for those of you who do not know, Danielle Serank, the Squamish medium, I'm sure you do. But Danielle is a medium, a teacher, a mentor. She is my bestie, but she's also my mentor. She is founder of Spirit School. She has her own podcast. And I'm just really excited to have you here today. I'm really looking forward to this. And by the way, I have no idea what the questions are. So this will be fun. I'm handing it over to you. Thank you, Amber. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for poaching this opportunity because I think that this is going to be a lot of fun because we talk every single day. I think you're one of the very few people in the whole world I talk to every single day of my life. So I think it will give people like maybe some good insight into our conversations too. But what I kind of put together for us today I was just kind of thinking about this from a lens of, you know, how can we get Amber's listeners and the people who are attracted to her work, like to get to know her a little bit better, get to know you a little bit better. So that's how I've kind of framed up some of my questions. We'll see how many we get through. And these are all things that I would generally want to ask you. And I don't necessarily know the answer to, but these are the types of things that I think will help people get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So, let's I'm nervous get- and excited. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start off really easy. So you are Amber Baker. You walk into maybe a dinner party. You walk into a place with your beautiful wife, Patty, who I adore the pants off of. How do you introduce yourself? Oh my goodness. Um, how do I introduce myself? Honestly, if I'm with my wife, I usually stand next to her and let her lead. I don't know if that sounds a little bit like disempowered. I think that I, um, I'm not super social, to be honest. I think I have a social side to myself, but I'm not one of those people at a party who goes up to, you know, others and just introduces myself. I kind of just wait for people to come to me. I think we probably have that in common. I'm a Capricorn, you're a Virgo. So To be honest, I would probably just let her do the talking, let her introduce me. Usually she's the one who knows everyone. However, however, if it is my circle, if it is people that like are maybe in the spirit school community or in, you know, any sort of field that I'm interested in, I am way more outgoing and I do like to have a good time. I have been known to do things that are a little bit like, whoa, we didn't know you had that in you. (laughs) Are there any examples? No. (laughs) Um, hmm. Well, 
Yeah, no, probably that I can't say, but I mean, that's the thing about me is I'm very reserved until I'm not. Mm. And then it's just no holds bar. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I probably would not introduce myself. I would probably just talk to the people I know and just, you know, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm always with people who like, don't remember everyone's name. So like, I'm just in such a habit because I'm trying to be courteous to like my husband or my mom where I'm going up like, hi, I'm Danielle trying to get people to say their name because I know my husband probably forgot. Or my mom. Oh yeah. That's a good one. No, that, that is. A, and Oh, I should say that I forget everybody's name all the time. And usually like, I don't mean to be rude, but sometimes I won't say hello because I just sometimes like, I don't mean to be rude, but I just kind of tend to get in my own world. And usually Patty's the one that kind of nudges me, like say hello, they're looking at you. So go say hello. And so maybe I'm a little socially awkward. I don't know. Yeah. That's how I feel too. And sometimes I feel I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like Sometimes I feel like I take up so much space, like in the spaces I do occupy, like, you know, in spirit school and teaching and like on the podcasting sphere. And so sometimes I really tend to not take much spotlight when I'm out in the real world because I take up so much space everywhere else. So I'm very much the same. I just kind of shy away a little bit. I'll let people approach me. And definitely there's some social awkwardness. The retreat shall be interesting. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was thinking on the retreat, I think I'll be totally different because it's people that I kind of know, right? Like in your community, even though they're online friends, I can't wait to meet them. And that's when I think I'll probably be more outgoing and maybe I'll help you kind of be your little (laughs) wingman or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be fun. So then if somebody comes up to you, because in North America, we always say, what's your name? And then the next question is, what do you do? So being Malibu medium, being Ever Baker, like the Akashic channeler and teacher and reader, you're walking around Malibu. How do you introduce yourself when people say, what do you do? And how often does that actually come up? Is it like here where it's like the second thing everyone always asks you? Yeah, no, it is. It, it's, it is, you know, second, third question. And it depends. I, I did catch myself the other day whispering what I do. Um, and that was something I wasn't proud of. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? I, I actually have no reason to not be confident about what I do, but there is a little bit of a stigma that I get nervous about introducing, you know, what I do. Um, and I used to say, you know, because hence the name Malibu medium. I used to say, you know, I'm a medium and just kind of call it a day, but that the truth is I'm actually more of, as you know, an Akashic record reader, that's what I'm really doing. That's even more esoteric. I mean, nobody knows what I'm talking about. So I have to, you know, really explain, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a soul reader. I'm a psychic. I mean, I say all the things I said, all the different things, but Something that's been happening that is quite funny is people will go up to my wife now, like at the tennis club and be like, is your wife Malibu medium? (laughs) And then they'll be like Malibu medium. And that name really has caught on. And, you know, because I kind of started this really putting myself out there and really like this business at the beginning of the pandemic, it wasn't really like I wasn't used to being out in the public and having even seen anyone. So now it's become this thing, like, are you Malibu medium? And that's weird. I'm like, Oh yeah, I am. It's almost this persona, right? 
do you find that you like recoil a little bit or are you like learning to like embrace it and like step into it and own it a bit? I think, you know, I think I own it, but I think I get really surprised. Like, how did you even know who I am? Um, I think, yeah, I think I own it. I think I know people have a lot of questions and that's, I like that because then I can talk about something that I'm interested in because I do find the small talk now almost intolerable, just so boring. And, you know, so I, I kind of like that door opening where people are very curious. And then they like, you know, last Christmas parties I've gone to, they just ask a lot of questions and, um, yeah, I think I don't, I'm, I'm definitely not ashamed of it and I'm not insecure about it because I don't have that family history of not accepting it, yeah. but, um, I probably should not whisper what I do <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Like it's meant to be like under wraps or something like that. I could get that. And I think it's probably nuanced, like depending if you get a vibe from somebody, if they're open to it or they're not open to it. And I'm kind of curious, like you've already talked about somebody, some people just asking you more questions when they find out what you do, but like, what was like the best response you've gotten when you tell people what you do and what's the worst response you've ever gotten? <laughs> Okay. So I don't, I don't know that I've had enough experience really with that people asking me to have a great story around this, um, to be honest. So I probably, um, most of the responses are just usually people saying right away, I want a reading, I want a reading. And so I haven't had any negative responses. The only negative reaction I've had has come from my own family. And that's been more, um, less of it from, you know, me introducing what I do, but just with them not really being receptive. But I have, I realized that when the more I'm out in the world and the more that I'm just tell people what I do again, it's, it's like reading after reading, just people want a reading and that's kind of exciting. But sometimes, sometimes I don't want to give a reading to everybody that I have met. I don't know yeah. if you've had that same thing, but then oh, yeah. they start to I see ask for readings this. like at least three yeah. or four days a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's yes to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing now that I'm more booked, you know, it's like, sometimes I'm like, well, I can't do it right now. And then, you know, um, sometimes I just want a little bit of separation between friendships or like people in my community and, just to leave it at that and not have it be, you know, like a business yeah. relationship, even though it's not business, um, there is a little bit of an added pressure. I would say, I don't know if you feel like that. You, you mean in the local public, like in the, like just Squamish in, or in general to give a reading to your friends. Oh yeah. Like, I try not to do that too much. Like hmm. I think like, cause I, I rock mediumship and maybe it's different for Akasha cause I've never done that. But like with mediumship and or psychic type thing, it's really hard for me to like not be attached to an outcome because I literally want to see and experience like the best for the people that matter so much to me. And I find for me in mediumship in particular, it works best when I don't have any attachment to any outcome, you know, and that's when it is the easiest, but it's not to say it can't be done. And then truthfully too, like as we're working through our egos in this work, it's like the people who I want to believe in me more than anything, it's like really hard to like be detached from them. 
You know what I mean? You know what I mean, right? Yes. I know exactly what you mean. And it's something that I've been thinking about recently where I've gotten to a place where I am able to disattach from the outcome, but that's taken years for sure. And I think, you know, me more than anyone to know that I was not always that way. Um, and yeah, when it's just, when you have a friend, you definitely, you want to help so much. And so, yeah, it's something that I'll kind of navigate and work through. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. I mean, I just wish I didn't get drained. I'm sure you feel the same. Like if we could just walk like around open channels all the time, it didn't have all the otherworldly things kind of coming up and taking all the energy. Like it's just hard. It's hard to be human and be a channel, don't you think? Like, especially when things are a bit rocky, (laughs) like not going super smooth. Yeah. And I think when, when things are a bit rocky, I do a couple of things happen. I have more powerful visitations, but I have less of a continuum of channeled information coming forward to me than I normally do. So usually when I'm like in flow with the universe, not going through a stressful time, I feel like I'm kind of naturally getting channeled information. But lately I have felt because of everything I've been going through, I've had a really tough year that I, it's the emotional stress that can cause, I think that channel to close, but then I've had these more powerful experiences that maybe I haven't always had that are based more on the need for the universe to show me that they're listening, maybe an angel visitation and things like that. But I have to say, I still can work at least. Thank God. I, I, that's very, that's been something that, um, I've been grateful for. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I, I can really understand the spiritual experiences that you have when life is not going well, like a light bulb just went off in my head. Cause you know, it's been a bit rough the past couple months here, not to compare by any means you can't compare for sure what we've been going through, but like, I too have been feeling that it's been less feeling like a channel, but have been getting a lot of beautiful experiences from the world of spirit. So do you want to share one of your most recent powerful spiritual experiences that you've had or visitations? Sure. Um, so I've had something that's been happening several times now where I get a visitation from Archangel. I believe she's an Archangel, but it's an angel energy. Her name is Aurora. And she always comes through with a message of there is a new day tomorrow. There is always a new beginning. And she comes with hope. And because of some of the very maybe more traumatic times I've been in, I I guess divine, you know, she's come through with that divine intelligence of that was what I needed to hear that message. Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is how it keeps happening and it's out of the blue and I'll just get her, she'll announce herself and she'll say, Aurora here, Aurora. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it happened when I was really sick a couple months ago. And she came in the middle of the night. And you actually had said to me, ask the virus to leave. You always give me like all these really amazing pointers. I'm like, oh, I've never thought about that. So I had this, you know, horrible virus. And I said, I asked the virus to leave, but it was weird because I coughed violently all night. Mm -hmm. And you know how I have asthma and my wife was in the other room and she kept coming and thinking like, I'm dying again, because that was my near-death experience before. And I'm like, I'm okay, but I'm violently coughing all night. And I had already prayed for the virus to leave. 
And all of a sudden, a black mass of energy in the early morning, it took all night coughing, Mm -hmm. a black mass of energy left through my solar plexus out of my body, and I saw it. And then she came and she said, Aurora here. And she showed me a deer and she showed me like just the energy and told me, you know, about this message about tomorrow is a new day and there's always a new beginning. So that was the first time. And she has come through. It's usually at nighttime. It's actually always at nighttime after that. And she, like I said, announces her name and she just holds me and my wife in love. And she just gives us this feeling of, again, there's a new day tomorrow. It's a new beginning and there's always hope. And even my wife feels her. And the crazy thing is when I told Patty, I say my wife, but when I told Patty, she said, did you know that my aunt's name was Aurora, her middle name that passed away? And my great grandmother's name was Aurora. Wow. Then I was like, this could be a collection of energy coming. So yeah, that was one thing. And then I wanted to just share one other thing, because this happened also a couple of times within this past year, where they, where um, three light beings come always in the same spot in my room, the corner of my bedroom, and they come as pillars of light. The first time they didn't say anything, but again, they had a message for just it was almost like a transmission of light. And then they started to tell me that they are, they are the representation of mind, body, and soul. They're an energy of alignment. And then they would, they would keep coming. Like whenever I would have like really horrible, stressful times, they would come and they didn't have, they were literally light, just light beings. And um, when they come, they, create something, a change in me. I, I, you know, it's like, they give me almost like maybe a, a gift of alignment. They give me like a a way for me to access, to go back to my center. And again, they, they just call themselves mind, body, and soul or the trifecta or the Trinity. They they're, they're like the power of three. Yeah. I love that. So can I ask for people who are listening? Cause I actually don't even know this, but when you see them, do you see them objectively or subjectively like with the naked eyes or the world behind the eyes? So the black mist I saw objectively, but I see mostly subjectively, but I do also, I, I have seen that, you know, actual spirit in front of me many times, but the light beams is subjectively it's a presence so strong it's and it's seen in my mind's eye but it is another form of seeing yeah yeah because right it's it's like it's well I know you understand and I'm sure the listeners will understand it it's also the way that I normally see anything in the Akashic records is subjectively in my mind's eye so yeah. yeah I love that I had a on TikTok there's a woman who's a hospice nurse called hospice nurse Julie 
Mm-hmm. So she's she's been slowly getting a little bit more esoteric. Like as her platform continues to grow on TikTok, she she gets shouted out by John Edwards, like some of like the bigger names out there, right? And she was experiencing. She was finally like you know I've told the story many times, but I never told the time about the angel coming. So she was trying to explain, and this is someone who has no training, no background, no education, and hearing her like, and I'm covered in shivers even thinking about it, but like the way that she was able to describe the vision versus like your imagination Mm -hmm. it was actually really educational because i think for people like us who are used to tapping into that subjective clairvoyance it's very natural like it it happens almost as natural and there's this like little discernment that happens between like a vision versus you know i've had different people say they can like play out the vision if it's a true vision they can like look into the present or look into the past but it's really kind of cool to hear people describe what it's like to get a vision i don't know if you have language around that for somebody who questions if some of the things that they vision in their mind's eye is actually a vision or if it's actually their imagination so have you managed to discern that for yourself or what can you say about that (laughs) well I guess what I would say is that I do believe that the third eye, right, is an actual eye. I believe it's an eye that is how we see what you would say is a subjective vision or something subjectively. So it does feel that you're getting a visual perception from that area and you're interpreting it with your internal vision. So I don't know how to, it could be that it's coming from the same place as imagination because imagination is actually really an important gateway to, to kind of develop if you are to, I believe, channel information in with, with that internal vision. So you kind of are using the same mechanics, Mm -hmm. but it's not coming from you starting it. It's coming from a presence that is then you you interpreting that presence through the way that you can see it, which is usually on another realm, right? Another vibration. Mm -hmm. So what's imagination again is you, me, Amber, you, Danielle are, oh, I would like to imagine this thing that I want to call in my life. And you are using your third eye to, to have that sense of perception. But anytime something comes like a spirit, it is that that spirit is activating the visual perception within. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you feel a difference between when they come in separately? I'm curious. This is my Virgo-ness. I'm like details. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm always curious about what other people experience. That's all. Yeah. No, I am too. Okay. So what, tell me again, the question. Well, okay. So like when you, cause you, you describe that so well, it's like, sometimes they're coming from within you, right? Like this, this perception, then sometimes spirit is like impressing them upon you. So I'm mm-hmm. just wondering for you, if you can easily tell the difference between when it's from spirit or when it's from you. Oh, okay. So I had not thought about that either. I think that when, for instance, I believe in the Akashic records, if I'm seeing a past life, they are, I would say they, meaning the Akashic guides or the enlightened beings are creating that visual perception that I, okay, they're, they're planting a seed for me to create that. They're, they're saying like, this is the, this is the memory, or this is the the movie, and you're going to create that scene within your own 
senses. But I believe if it's from an angel, a spirit, or something else that's in my room making its presence known, that they're they're the ones who are with their presence, I'm seeing them. I don't know if that makes sense. It's almost like yeah, it's one of the hardest things to describe. I, yeah, I don't That's think I'm, I'm doing any business. justice to this. I really don't think I'm doing any <laughs> justice to this. I might just be creating more confusion. I think what really matters, though, is it it doesn't necessarily matter how it's ignited. It's almost just more important that it's possible. Yeah. It's more important that it's the same mechanic, however it comes, right? Yeah. And I appreciate you even talking about this because I don't go this hard on people where it's like, how does it happen for you? It's just I have my bestie in front of me. And I'm always like, like, how do you explain how this works? Because when I first started opening up my clairvoyance, like when I started developing mediumship, my accuracy was like 20%. If I were to say what I saw and have people try to validate it, it was like, for me, one of the trickier ones, right? And so when I finally sat down and had my discernment come around my clairvoyance and I had my, my guide come one time in a visualization and I was on the chair and I was like, you're pointing to my chair right now. And I was like, just sitting in the power. And then all of a sudden Joseph showed up, one of my newer guides that got introduced. And he, he said to me, he's like, now put a flame in your eye. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I could see it. And then as it started to fade away, he's like, no, hold it hold it and he taught me how to almost like hold a clairvoyant vision and it just felt so different than it felt when I let my imagination go and so I feel like that and that was like eight years into my development like honestly that I started really the same it's really the same because it was your imagination that was able to hold that flame and the way you maybe imagined things before it was the context that was different so you've always used your imagination, but this time it was like informed in a different way. The context is different, but it's the same mechanism. Yeah, and It's like, I got this kind of aha a year ago, a year and a half ago, where it was like the people who have the block to kind of tap into other senses and perceive information to perceive energy through our senses are the ones who are just not used to using creative expression or used to creating in their mind's eye, which is imagination. So as soon as you encourage people to use their imagination, it opens the doorway to another gateway, which is just another perception of senses, a perceptory, is that even a word? I don't even know what I'm saying. Another sense that then kind of makes this domino effect where you just open a door to using more senses than just maybe what your thoughts are so you so it it, to me it's again it's the same mechanism yeah I agree I completely agree thank you I that was not a trick question I promise no I know and I'm like like, this is is not the last word I mean this is (laughs) not right now right like I had a teacher went to it so dialed down he said you know when I'm seeing the past it's in black and white and when I see the future it's in color I'm like I wish that my clairvoyance work like that. I wish the clarity was like so clear, but I, I have such clarity around my feelings. 
when I'm doing my sessions, it's like a very emotional um, experience for me in the sentience, right? So clairvoyance for me is like the last thing. So whenever I hear someone, I always take the opportunity when I hear someone talking about, I see, I see, I see, I'm like, ooh, tell me more about that. Because that for me has always been the mystery, Claire. Um, Mm -hmm. The other ones were a lot easier for me to understand and develop. But in truth, I never really had a lot of space for creativity. I never considered myself a creative. I was not artistic in any way. You know what I mean? So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So you are, we're doing this for your birthday. We don't have to say what you're turning. I think I remember, but I, 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 I'll say it. I'm proud of it because you want, you want to know why, first of all, it's an angel number. Ooh. So it's 44. And I have a magical year. (laughs) I mean, it's a magical year. And I'm like thinking, you know, I don't want to go into like, oh, let's hide our age and let's, you know, because, you know, like, yeah, I'm 44. Yeah, that's a good year. That's going to be a good year. Good turn around the sun. And you're right at the beginning of the year. You're the third, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, I mean, just must all feel anew for you, like coming into this year, right? You're like new beginnings, baby. Okay. So Amber, who is turning 44, if you were to give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would you tell your 20 year old self right now with what you know now? You know, I wouldn't have wanted to change anything. So it'd be hard for me to like give advice to prevent maybe some of the struggles I had, because I definitely see the the impact or the benefit of what I learned, but let's see, where was I at when I was 20? I was just going to art school. So I went to university in San Diego and then I made a big shift and I had to go tell my parents, no, I'm getting, I want to get out of university and go to art school. So I think I would have possibly said I'm proud of you. Keep going. Keep with like that courage and conviction. And if anything, I might have wished that I would have stuck with that kind of courage because I can see in my life where I made big, bold moves. And it was always from that place of conviction Mm -hmm. um, because I had a lot to talk to my parents about. They had just spent a lot of money at university. Now, they had to support me. I mean, I was asking for their support to allow me to go to art college, which is a huge, it's a huge, um, what's the word? Pivot. Not just pivot, luxury, right? I think it's a luxury, you know? Um, And my mom was like my biggest cheerleader and my dad was not on board, but it happened. It happened. And I went, so I would have, I would have maybe given myself some some applaud, but I would have, I could see where in my life, I didn't do the things that I knew I wanted to do after that. Mm. So maybe I would have asked, told myself to keep going with that kind of conviction. Yeah. Courage. Yeah. I wonder what it is about getting older. I think we just get a little bit wiser to the world. (laughs) Like this place is not a kind place. I don't know, but yeah, I could see too in my twenties, very courageous. I think I eloped with someone two years by that time, you know, traveled around like very risque stuff. I would never want my daughter. to. I know. Oh, oh, I know. Hey, wait, one thing, one thing I would have said, pick a different major. Okay. I I have to say, come on. I, I, I started in graphic design. I would have probably said stick with it because then I moved to fine arts. And although 
I love painting and drawing. I mean, maybe that was my destiny. I also kind of wish I had a more practical degree like interior design or graphic design because I ended up doing interior design, Mm -hmm. but I wish I would have had the actual training. So has anyone ever hired you saying, show me your degree and I'll give you the contract? No. Yeah. That's true. That is so true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of like, like even my lawyer, I'm like, dude, I'm just trusting you. <laughs> like, I'm just trusting you that you're a lawyer. Of this. I'm like, That's you so can true. have like the stock images that come into the photo frames for all I know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's true. No, it's so true. It's so true. And, um, it really is more about experience at that age. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I don't know if this, I just think about you, you say that and I just get covered in shivers because I heard this quote a couple of weeks ago from this guy who survived being a child world, a uh, child soldier in, mm. in Africa. And so he, I think it was, I want to get the name of the place, right. But I, I don't want to do it injustice. I get Sudan that he was a child soldier and somebody rescued him and he went to the UK when he was nine. And so he said that, you know, you can never tell somebody's potential unless you give them an opportunity. And he was given an opportunity and he lives in Canada. Now he's a famous musician and an artist. And I mean, it's just incredible. So I'm curious about like, if there were any like chances that you felt you got to have like opportunities at such a young age, because you're such a confident like woman who like has a wonderful life. You got a wonderful family. So I'm just kind of wondering if you look back at some of those years and seeing the different opportunities that you were, you were given to kind of see who you were and if there's anything that stands out for you. Yeah, that's a really cool question. Um, I was definitely given many opportunities from my family First of all, my, I believe my parents, what they taught me was, it's interesting. They didn't put pressure on me to really do anything. And that's a gift because it allowed me to find who I was, but at the same time, they role modeled what would, they were entrepreneurs and they were successful. So they, they did it in a way that was more of a role model. And then I had opportunities to travel um, being an artist, I've always was an artist. And so my my mom, even though she was never even close to an artist, meaning like just nothing about her was interested in art, she always um, supported me. So I went to, I had private art lessons and I traveled to Europe when I was 12, which I think is a huge gift. I think if any child can go to another country, it opens your mind to just so many things. It just breaks that paradigm of what you think the world is, which is really important, but they also made me work. So I was working at the age of like 12 babysitting and I paid for half of that trip. So Mm -hmm. I was able to go to that trip because I helped pay for it. Um, But I believe that the opportunities again, to go to art school to, I also studied in Italy. I was able to take a semester there. These are privileges that I'm very aware of, like huge, huge, huge privileges, but by giving me these opportunities, I also am a better parent because I want to give that to my kids in whatever way that I can. Um, so I had, yeah, I had a big opportunity, I guess, to be supported by my parents to go to school and to have a maybe a time and a space to find myself and to explore 
And the fact that they let me have a degree in fine arts says a lot because if my kids were like, we're going to be, you know, fine artists. I mean, I would have, I would probably (laughs) say, um, pick something just maybe just a little bit, like a little bit more practical, but yeah. um, Yeah. Your parents are amazing though. You can just tell, like, even just vicariously. I mean, when I went to Malibu, I think that they were away somewhere, so I didn't get to meet them, but I could just tell they're amazing people. And I think too, privileged or not, like, I think it's it's not as common as it should be to have parents who just believe in you and like are willing to let you like muck things up and have the success and like and have the range of like the human experience. So I think that that's amazing. Yeah, um, I appreciate them so much and they can't wait to meet you. And my dad listens to your podcast. I told you <laughs> I was so tripped out when you said that because there's so many my brother listens now. I'm like, oh my god, my brother's obsessed with YouTube, by the way. I talked to him for the first time in a few months. He was like, That blonde lady that you had and I'm like, Oh my god. What? Me? <laughs> I had to laugh and explain that you were a lesbian. He's like, What? <laughs> She's an old lesbian. She's about to be 44 years old. <laughs> so I'm funny. Like, I'm so sorry, my big brother. I'm like, cause he's like literally dated all my friends growing up. But oh my God. <laughs> anyways, no, he's he's picked the wrong boat this time. But one thing I really wanted to ask you about, because I know like even listening to your um podcast interview that you did with your mom, which I really loved on your podcast. And, you know, even finding from your mom that you had an NDE back when you were a baby even. So you've had two NDEs. So I really was curious because I met you after your NDE. I think we started hanging out and getting to know each other August, 2020. Um, It's kind of when we started to get to know each other. So I'm kind of curious about like, if we look at like the NDE as a changing point, like what were the things that worried you before the NDE? And like, what are the things that worry you now? Have they changed at all? Are there things that used to bring you joy that that don't bring you as much joy anymore? Are there new things that bring you joy? Like what's really shifted for you from a personal level when it comes to your NDE? So, so really before the NDE, I was out of alignment for sure. Hugely, hugely, hugely out of alignment. So it was a big adjustment for me to go into the spiritual work that I'm doing. And I really believe that that happened um, to help me refocus on like where my true, my true, is it called your true North node or just your yeah. true path in life? North star, North node. Yeah, yeah. I've been, spirit has been showing me a lot about North North star or something like that. So anyway, so I felt like I was, I was really in a toxic work environment and I was going through a lot of, um, trauma, emotional stress. And what happened was I was defining myself based on my experiences or on my circumstances. I was, I was, really living in this small box, right? So after the NDE, which part of the message from Archangel Michael, or really like one of the main messages was you're not defined by your thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an oxymoron because they do create our reality, but we're not, we can change them. We're, We're not, that's not all who we are. We experience them. So they impact us and they shape us but we always have another perspective and we always have um, a way to transform our experiences. And so that opened a window for me to, for the first time, choose myself, choose a higher path, choose my higher purpose. And I literally 
was a different person after that. And so my whole life just completely changed. And I immediately started to study to become an energy healer. And I think, you know, I am certified as um, a pranic energy healer. So I just really pivoted. I also know that recently I have been reminded by whoever is guiding me, my higher self, my guides to again, not let this experience that, you know, the details of what I've gone through define me. And so it's, it's this dance between, excuse me, it's there, there is a dance, no matter what kind of powerful NDE anyone has had when that human experience gets started again, you have to be able to lead yourself back into that rightful place where you're empowered and where you are not attached to what's happening to you, right? So I've had to make readjustments along the way. And I think that I I see the power in choice and I see the power that I have to create my life now, not to just be the victim of what's happening to me. And even this episode is me creating joy. Like I thought this would be fun. And I thought, well, nobody's going to do it for me. Just do it. Just ask Danielle and just do this episode. And I see so much of life being missed opportunities to not have joy because sometimes we have to create that for ourselves and just, you know, put that pretty dress on and say, let's go do this or whatever it is that makes you happy. Nobody's going to do it for you. And I was just letting everybody do everything to me. And I was just feeling very helpless at that time before the NDE. Yeah. I love that. I have to ask though, because this, and I only ask out of my own selfish curiosity, which I think this is what this episode's about. (laughs) My own selfish curiosity, because like one thing, like you present yourself like just so beautifully, like you're always like done up and like, you just kind of mentioned on like, put on that pretty dress and have something fun. Is that something that kind of happened after the NDE? Like this, this way that you want to like show up in the world? Because that's something I've been working on personally myself is like this self-identity piece, right? Because I can be a bit of scrub. I I live up here in the woods. Like there's, there's no, there's no one that's going to see you. You know what I mean? It's like with coyotes and the cougars. So it's like, I don't take a whole lot of effort to like, like zhuzh myself up, but I could see how doing so would help me feel more empowered, would help me feel more confident and like stepping into my role. So I'm kind of curious if that's something that kind of came through the NDE as you started to focus on empowerment and empowering other people. Do you think that there's a tie in there? I think that we, we show ourselves our power in so many different ways. And I think that I've always been into makeup. I've always told, I've told you this, like I've always, I have a Libra rising and beauty is just important to me, not for myself. It's, it's important for me to create beautiful environments. I love it. I love art and design and all those things. So I think that I took care of myself as far as like, maybe you would say, oh, she, yeah, she, she, you know, did her hair and she dressed nice sometimes by no means do I dress nice all the time. And I don't wear makeup all the time. That's not where I find my power. It's where I step into it now in a, in a more maybe centered way or aligned way. I think I didn't have as much um, spiritual connection before. So I think that I looked at my looks for a way to give me something. And now I see that 
when I take care of myself or when I wear something prettier, when I do my hair, it's more that I'm stepping into a part of myself from a healthy place, from, from more of not lack, but more of, because I feel more whole, like it's a way to add, I'm not taking away. Yeah. And I know that also that divine feminine aspect that we can tap into when you have any sort of devotion or adoration, again, it doesn't have to be makeup is, is just a way you can love yourself. Like, how do you love yourself? It does again, like just whatever, however you love yourself is the way you can build self-love. And I, I struggle with that. I really struggle with that, but I, I don't want to be ashamed that I find self-love with femininity. I always have, I've always, I was like wearing lipstick at freaking third grade. I mean, I was ridiculous, (laughs) but I just find a lot of love there and pleasure there. Yeah. And you know what? I respect that so much. And I'm wearing lip liner for you today. (laughs) I think this could be ever, this could be literally maybe I can't remember wearing lip liner before. I don't even know. I didn't even know I had any, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be putting on. I did. I do have a fancy, it's Tatcha lip mask. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice. Right. And so I wore like my pink lip liner because I, I think that there is something to that. And, you know, there's this girl, Tanya Lee, who I really like, and she has like this thing called the school of self image. And she always calls it um, showing up on purpose. She's like, so when I look at you, I think you're a really good embodiment of that teaching where it's like, you know, you just show up on purpose. And like, that's where I hope to get to. So you're a huge, um, you know, motivator or, you know, role model for me on how I want to show up in the world a little bit better to match how I feel on the inside. You know what I mean? And I think that there's something there. Well, I do see you showing up in purpose. I just have to say like makeup is not, does not have to be the signifier of that. Right. I want to make sure to say that it's just how I find my, self-love it's how I express it it's just something that I love so I hope you find your own expression and own that and don't shame yourself if you don't love makeup it doesn't have to be through beauty and you know kind of that kind of thing yeah I've been I've been playing with it a little bit more because I think you know when you're on this journey the spiritual journey you there's so much inner work you know what I mean and I feel like there's a lot of us and I'm not sure if this is the case for you but me and maybe a few other people I know in proximity to me that when we're we're on the spiritual journey it's like a lot of inner work a lot of healing a lot of going back a lot of reconciling a lot of accepting a lot of forgiving and like you completely forget your outer world in a lot of different ways like you survive and you pay your bills and everyone's fed but for the most part like you don't take care of yourself as much. I mean, that's my experience and different things I've heard from different mediums I developed under in the past too. And so I think for now, I'm like, I feel like I've done so much work on the inside that I'm ready to start like working on the outside a little bit and paying a bit more focus to it. You know, and isn't it true though, that the, the out, the outside is a reflection of the inside. So it does it, it, that's what I mean by let yourself love be an extension. So let it show up in however you like to show yourself love. So again, it doesn't have to be through makeup. I, I think though that 
if you look at someone and they're not taking care of themselves, it is a reflection of something on the inside, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you guys knew the conversations I send Amber, like close-ups of my shitty eyeliner. I'm like, I should not be allowed eyeliner, honestly. And she sat with me one day with these stickers and showed me how to do like a proper cat. I'm still waiting for the stickers to come from. Oh, you're still waiting for the stickers? I was going to say, and how I'm still waiting for them. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to show you in person and see, that's the thing. It's just fun. All this is is just fun fun for me. It's not serious. It's not, you know, because I'm less than like, I I've been shamed for wearing makeup my whole life. Really? Yeah. I've been shamed. I've been told like, you know, why is it so important to you? I've been put down by many, 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 many people. Um, why do you dress up? Why do you wear makeup? Because sometimes people can take it as like, who do you think you are Mm -hmm. to, to show your, to, to like adorn yourself this way? Like who, what are you trying to say? So the way that people receive you is how they receive themselves. I've never been bothered by it, but it saddens me. And I've had to kind of learn to ask myself, why am I wearing makeup? And it's always come down to from a good place. So I'm like, I'm just going to continue to do what I like to do. Yeah. Well, if you want a different perspective, that has never even come to my mind. When I see someone who like presents themselves, like how they feel, which is like in a good way, I'm always like, wow, they really love themselves. Like you can just tell by the way they take care of themselves that there's a lot of inner love. That's how I've always experienced it. So sorry you ever even experienced that. Hopefully it didn't bring up anything because I'm sitting here like. No, no, no. I love to talk about it because if if I could inspire someone to, to love themselves through like a practical way, like really too, it changes my mood. Sometimes if I feel like really funky and I, you know, I don't wear makeup every day and I'm just like, you know what, I'm just gonna put a little makeup on a little lipstick on. And it's like, I'm painting my face and I'm, it can change your mood. And that's not a bad thing either. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be ashamed for doing things that make us feel good. That's unhealthy. That's like, promoting self-shame to say again, like, who do you think you are to do this? So I think it's more empowerment that hopefully I'm, I'm showing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I had somebody recently, if you ever want to come back for that, because I've had, I had somebody recently say to me, like, who do you think you are? Like literally those exact words (laughs) to me. And I said, who do you think I think I am? (laughs) And they were like, what? Anyways, that would kind of shut them up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But let's get into the rapid fire because I have quite a few rapid fire okay. questions. Okay. Um, okay, so like Vogue 100. Have you ever okay, seen? Okay, well, Vogue I think 100? I have about eight rapid fire. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna yeah, be we're okay. So your big three. So I know you're Capricorn Sun. You just said you're Libra Rising. What's your Moon? Pisces. Pisces Moon. Oh boy, a lot of feels. Hey. Okay. I don't know that much about astrology. A lot of feeling under the Capricorns, like, eh, don't say, don't, don't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's a nice balance there. Um, okay. What are you currently watching? Ooh. Okay. Give me one second. Um, we just finished Call of the Midwife and I love that show. I love that show. My wife is like, seriously, what is going on? I mean, the things I make her watch. Um, but what were we watching last night? I know this is supposed to be rapid fire. We, I was watching marathoning psychic kids with chip coffee because I, I thought that was, I just loved that. Um, 
let me come back to that. There was something that we were just watching last night that I forget. Oh, I watched a Holocaust documentary and cried my eyes out. I'm weird like that. I'm just, yeah. Just the light stuff. Just Just the light light stuff. Okay. Um, Okay. So Oprah calls and she has to give up her TED Talk stage platform because she has to be in Maui. So she's like, Amber, you need to step in tomorrow and fill up a 20 minute TED Talk. What are you going to talk about? I would talk about my NDE, the messages they gave me and how we are not defined by our circumstances and how we are unlimited, infinite possibilities and potential at all times. I love it. Long title. We can work with it, but I love it. <laughs> That's the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One meal for the rest of your life. What is it? <gasps> it's allowed to be a drink. Oh, it's allowed to be. Oh, it wouldn't be for me. Um, For the rest of my life. Can it be, can it be just like Mexican food? Can I just have like a, no, no, I'd want some, like a meal. A meal. Okay. I think Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. That's a good one. I was not expecting that. Okay. What's your favorite thing at Thanksgiving dinner? Stuffing. Okay. Stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> I Carbs. love it. We'll have to have that <laughs> next time in Malibu. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite Zodiac sign and what's your least favorite? I think my favorite is Libra. I think I just love Libras and my, my little son is a Libra. Um, My dad's a Libra too. My least favorite is Sagittarius. Is your ex a Sag? No, <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, no. My ex and my wife are the same size sign, and my older son. And I'm just keeping that mum. Okay, you keep that anything mom. about that. I'll have to math some math for Patty's birthday. Okay, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Leave my ex husband. Amen, sister. What's the scariest thing that you still want to do? Maybe give a TED talk or just give any sort of talk like in front of people. You know, I'm a big TED talk fan, right? Like I love I mean, that. That's what I see myself doing is doing kind of seminar talks and things like that, but I'm terrified. What's your wish for the world? That people would choose see past hurt and choose good Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense okay yeah even if they're hurt meaning if even if they're hurt that they wouldn't choose to hurt other people that they would choose good I feel that okay you have all the money in the world and you get to follow one performer one band one whatever around the world on a world tour who you're traveling with hold play same Z's right we're together together. (laughs) I had a dream if you guys don't know two years ago that me and Amber went to uh, Amsterdam Amsterdam to go watch Coldplay so I'm like that is still happening I know that that is still happening so we would be Coldplay groupies okay yeah I I like it okay and then the last question I would just say is what's your favorite thing about yourself oh I know it's supposed to be rapid fire. Um, oh my gosh, Danielle, this is so hard. My favorite thing about myself is when I can make someone else see their own light. 
or feel their own light or just, you know, feel empowered in any way. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I feel like I got to know you a lot better in this episode. How do you feel? Yeah, it was fun. It was just, thank you. This, this was fun. I think I want to do this for you if you want me to, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love your questions. (laughs) Never would I like talk about these things, but yeah, it was super fun. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's still a few things I didn't get to, but we can have a part two, maybe next birthday. We will keep them. But um, yeah, this was really enjoyable. I think I always like getting to know you a lot better. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here with me. Love you. Love you. I hope you enjoy learning about my personal journey with Akashic Record transformation. I believe that by sharing our stories of inspiration and transformation, together we rise. If you are interested in learning more about the Akashic Records or would like to see all my offerings, please go to my website, themalibumedium.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Malibu Medium. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. I would also love to hear from you. Please leave a comment. And share it with your friends if you think they would find it helpful. Together we rise empowered. Your light is fearless.